If you've experienced any type of emotional abuse, you understand what it feels like to have your confidence stripped away. You know the extreme self-doubt. You know the excruciating discomfort in your own skin. You know the hesitation to try something new or to trust yourself. Self-confidence is something most people want more of, but just don't know how to get it. In this episode, I want to share with you the source of the self-doubt, plus some really simple tips you can do today to begin raising your level of confidence. If you're someone who wants to be more self-assured, who wants to make decisions without hesitation, or who wants to feel comfortable in your own skin, then stay tuned because this episode is for you. Welcome to the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast, a podcast specifically designed to help you heal after a toxic or narcissistic relationship. This podcast teaches you to use your subconscious mind to go from feeling stuck to set free. In here, you will learn how to use the power of your own mind to free yourself from emotional pain, move forward with confidence, and experience the inner peace you deserve in your healing journey after emotional abuse. I'm your host and subconscious reprogramming coach, Allison Dagny. So let's get started. Okay, so the first thing I want to say is you are not alone. If you've suffered any type of emotional abuse in any way, your self-esteem may have been shattered. Now, Even if you were never emotionally abused, you might still feel the pains of self-doubt. I'm going to talk about both and how each one affects us and what to do about it. All right, so as far as emotional abuse goes, abusers deliberately use tactics to erode any semblance of self-confidence that their victims have so that they can maintain power over them. A confident, self-assured person is going to be much more difficult to manipulate much more difficult to subdue and control. Does it happen? Sure, but it makes it a little harder. That means in order to gain more control, the abuser has to find ways to strip the victim of their confidence and their own trust in themselves. Some of the tactics you might or might not have heard of to erode somebody's self-esteem are things like gaslighting. Gaslighting is when one person uses words and actions to get another person to start doubting themselves. They end up in a state of constant confusion and they never trust themselves. Their reality or even their own eyes and own ears are doubted. And I can give you an example of this. So when I was married, I was washing dishes at the kitchen sink one day and I took off my wedding ring and I set it on the sink right where I was doing the dishes. And when I finished, I left the kitchen and I did not put my ring back on. I went about my day, I was doing other chores and taking care of other things around the house and I realized I forgot to put my ring back on. So later that night, I went back to the sink to get my ring and guess what, it wasn't there. And I immediately asked my husband, we, we didn't have kids at the time, it was just the two of us. And I immediately went back to him and asked him if he moved it and he said no. Immediately, he began to blame me for being irresponsible and for losing my ring. And he accused me of not caring about the marriage and not caring about money because I was so careless. I was completely stressed out for an entire week about this. I was looking for my ring frantically. 
I looked in my jewelry box multiple times through, even though I knew it wasn't there. And I knew I had left it on the counter. But what happened was I started to doubt my reality. And because of what my husband was saying, I was starting to believe that I didn't remember correctly. So fast forward, my ring turned up. It miraculously ended up in the same jewelry box I'd checked probably at least 15 or 20 times. I asked my husband about it and he just smirked and laughed it off. He told me, he admitted it, and he told me he had to teach me a lesson for being so irresponsible. So the point of this story is that it was, it was an act of gaslighting. This was truly to get me to doubt myself. And I didn't know it at the time, and I'd never even heard of the term before, so I didn't even know gaslighting was a thing, right? But it got worse and worse over time. Eventually, he stopped fessing up to these things. Because normally what would happen was I would get really upset and it would cause a huge fight. Um, But what happened was it made me believe myself less and less and more in him every time. Ultimately, it was just messing with my head. It was making me doubt myself and it caused me to start believing things about myself that just weren't true. Like I have a bad memory and that I'm irresponsible and that I don't value money and that I don't value our marriage. And so when I was believing these devaluing types of things about myself, I was losing confidence. And today I want to talk to you about how you can create more confidence for yourself. So there are other ways that your self-confidence can be eroded too. So let's think about growing up as a child We are in these major learning stages of life. We're sponges and picking up everything. But as you're learning, you are going to make mistakes because we're human and we make errors. The problem is when you made an inevitable error and other people began telling you things like that, you're stupid or you can't do anything right. The level of criticism and perfection Um, we start to take on as part of who we are when people say things like that. And as we're growing and learning who we are, we hear other things about ourselves that come from our parents, our friends, from our siblings and teachers and society. And if those things are negative things, well, what happens is that creates these deep crevices in our minds. And there's actually a word for it. It's called a neuropathway. And when your brain starts carving these neuropathways out in your mind over and over again, it becomes automatic. It actually becomes your baseline or like autopilot. So you've probably heard things like you're a klutz or you're not funny or you're annoying or no one likes you. And there could be lots and lots of other negative things and demoralizing things that we would never say to our own children, but that have been impressed upon us throughout the years. But wouldn't it be so different if when we made mistakes that people said things like, mistakes happen, you can try again next time, or you're really smart, I know you can figure this out, or look what you did last week, see, you did such a great job at that. Or what about nobody's perfect, we just have to try our best, right? What happens to us when we hear these kinds of negative things from people the ones I said first, like you're stupid or you can't do anything right, we begin to internalize it and take it as truth. 
And as children, we don't usually question it. We end up carrying it for our entire lives. And when we believe it, we feel it. And when we feel it, we act on it. If a child grows up feeling unworthy, they feel that self-doubt and that lack of confidence. If they feel that self-doubt, they're not going to take any risks. They won't have the confidence to try new things. They won't be comfortable in their own skin and then act accordingly. Sadly, this happens to so many people and any confidence we could have had is basically erased. All right, so understanding how self-confidence is eroded is important because when we understand the source, we can fix it. And that's really good news. The source of the lack of self-confidence are the thoughts that are on repeat in our minds. Whether they came from outside of ourselves or if we are repeating them to ourselves, even after no one else's, the thoughts create the feelings of self-doubt. So how do we create more self-confidence? What is the secret? You might be asking, do I just change my thoughts? Well, yes, but let me explain. So the secret to creating more self-confidence has a few parts. Number one, we have to identify the source of our individual suffering. If we feel self-doubt, we have to figure out the thoughts that are creating that self-doubt. Here's what I'm going to invite you to do. If you have a notepad or in a piece of paper um, or a pen to start writing all of these negative self-talk things down that you hear in your mind, put it all down on paper and get as much out as you can. A lot of times we have these thoughts just running on autopilot in our mind and we rarely consciously think about it. We just feel the emotion and that's as far as it goes. But this is really important because if you're listening and just thinking, yeah, yeah, I already know what I think about myself. I really want you to think about it and put the thoughts on paper. And here's why. Because the thoughts that live in our subconscious mind are like the ice below the surface of an iceberg. 95% of that, 95% of that thinking, which drives our emotions, is in the subconscious. It's not as simple as just thinking your way out of it. The practice of bringing the thoughts to the surface on paper is how you will actually start to get access to them. And once you access them, you can move on to the next step. But here's the important part to remember. We can't access the thoughts if we are not aware of them. So pay attention to your emotions. And when an emotion comes up of self-doubt or mistrust or anything where you're feeling that sort of lack of self-confidence, Think about what are the thoughts that are going through your mind that are creating that emotion. Okay, so the next part is to begin challenging those thoughts that you have and the ones that you've been able to bring to the surface. Remember, the subconscious mind only believes whatever you tell it on repeat. If you're telling your subconscious mind, I'm stupid over and over again, it believes you. It just wants to be right. What if you challenged this thought instead? What if you pretended you were a debate champion or a lawyer and you said, you know what, I'm not stupid? Well, you're going to have to prove it to your mind now, aren't you? If you've been believing you're stupid for a long time, what evidence do you have 
that you are not stupid and you have evidence. You want to show your mind examples of why you are not stupid and ways that you are not stupid. And I'm not just talking about general examples like, I can read and write. No, I'm talking about a story. You can show your mind that makes it see what you're telling it so it believes you. Your subconscious mind sees in stories and images like a movie or a dream. So showing it these real examples and evidence is key to being open to other possibilities and creating more confidence. If you were to speak to someone in a language that was foreign to them, they wouldn't understand it. They wouldn't be able to assess the meaning. And this is how our subconscious mind works too. If you just say something to your subconscious mind like, I'm smart because I can read or I'm smart because I can write, your subconscious mind doesn't register that. It needs to see a specific example of when you graduated with high honors from college or when you wrote an amazing blog post or when something happened at school and you were awarded something amazing. This is how your brain sees. So in order to change that wiring in your mind and those neuropathways, we have to show the mind the examples in the way and the language that it understands, which is in those stories and in those images. So what you're doing is you're really visualizing these things and bringing the example into your mind so that the subconscious can understand. And it says, oh yeah, I'm not stupid. Look at these things I've done. Then what happens is you get your mind off of those same old painful tracks repeating over and over again that are keeping you feeling that lack of self-confidence. Okay, so the last step you want to do is to get really uncomfortable. And here's what I mean. We only grow when we are experiencing things that challenge us. It's how we learn. So if you stay in your comfort zone, the growth isn't going to be as great or maybe not at all. So let me give you an example. If you wanted to lose weight, and part of that included getting regular workouts in, lying comfortably in your bed isn't going to help you do that. Getting out of your cozy bed is going to be uncomfortable. Going to the gym is going to be uncomfortable at first. Feeling the pains as you work out is going to hurt. Feeling the soreness afterward is going to be uncomfortable too. But the actions you took to push yourself outside of your comfort zone is really going to be what pays off in the long run. So you might be asking, what does this have to do with self-confidence? The point I'm trying to make is that you have to take action. Action is the number one way to get over the fear of the unknown and the discomfort. Now, I'm not saying you have to do anything monumental or huge. Actually, I really do suggest taking baby steps. I had a client who was terrified of being alone. She had never been alone her whole life and hated the thought of it. She filled her days and hours with her work, talking with friends, socializing, occupying the quiet in any way that she could. So I challenged her to sit with herself in silence for just five minutes. Well, five minutes was even too uncomfortable and scary for her. So she decided she could start with three. And you know what happened? She did it. She built confidence in herself after three minutes. It was really scary for her, but she realized by the action she took, she was able to do it fairly easily, and then she worked her way up to more and more minutes over the course of the next several weeks. 
Now, she's not afraid to be alone anymore. She got comfortable with being uncomfortable for just three minutes. The action is what helped. She couldn't just talk herself into being confident. She couldn't just say to herself, you're not scared of being alone. You can be alone. It's fine. That, that was not going to work. The action of doing something scary and then the realization that she would still be okay was what changed and what helped her become more confident in being alone. I do want to say these things go hand in hand. So you can do your best to take those baby steps, like I suggested, to walk yourself out of your comfort zone. But that's not where it ends. The work to identify what's happening in your subconscious that has also been the thing that's eroded your self-worth over time, those have to be looked at. Those have to be released as well because these things work together. We're not just acting our way out of fear or out of our comfort zone. But you can do this. This isn't something that's out of your reach. If you are someone who wants to create more confidence, then all you have to do is take some small actionable steps. Start paying attention to your thoughts. Start realizing when those emotions pop up, the fear of putting yourself out there, the fear of getting into something new or trying something new or the judgment that you might be facing from other people, to start figuring out what it is in the subconscious that is keeping you feeling that way. And then you can also challenge yourself with some steps. What's one small thing that you can do today that you are comfortable enough just to move you outside of your comfort zone? And I think that when you do this, you will really start to see some changes. Okay, so just a quick recap. Write the self-talk down on paper. This is really important. Getting those thoughts on paper is going to help you so that you can release them. Then what you're going to do is challenge those thoughts with evidence, images, and stories, and not just general examples. Really show your mind something that it can latch on to. Then take some baby steps. Take one action towards something that makes you uncomfortable. And when you do this, you start to build confidence in yourself. And remember, don't be hard on yourself because creating this confidence isn't something that happens overnight. It's not something that when you're out with friends and they give you the advice to just be more confident and put yourself out there, that's not how this works. We have to get to the subconscious beliefs that are causing you to feel that self-doubt or that low self-worth. And if you're struggling to come up with what those subconscious beliefs might be, I'd encourage you to fast forward to the future. Imagine yourself in six months or 12 months from now and imagine you are that self-confident, self-loving, full of self-worth person. What would you be believing about yourself? What would you be believing about the world? What are all the things that you would be believing if you were that person? And then once you have answered those questions and put them down on paper, that gives you an indication of what you're not believing now. So for example, if you believed 
in the future as a self-confident person that you're strong and that people can't push you around, then that means you're not believing that now. So the subconscious beliefs that you have are that you're not strong and that you will be pushed around. But isn't it also true that you've done a lot of things that have been testimonies of strength, that you've also been able to stand up for yourself in ways that other people might not have, or that a weak person wouldn't be able to. So it's a matter of getting to those subconscious beliefs and questioning them, deeply questioning them, not just surface level. Because remember, our subconscious carries 95% of the weight of what we believe and what we think and then how we show up in the world, where the conscious part of our brain is only about 5%. So you can imagine what kind of battle that is. And if everything in the subconscious is running on autopilot in that 95%, without question, it's always going to win. So I really hope that you'll give this a try. I hope you can start to be aware of your thoughts and start to question them. And just be open to other possibilities. If you'd like to know more about subconscious reprogramming and the rapid reprogramming coaching that I do, please send me a message in a DM or reach out to me in an email. I am happy to have a conversation with you to see if what I offer could be a support for you. I hope you have a wonderful day and here's to believing in you. Thank you for being here with me today in the Emotional Abuse Recovery Podcast. I hope you found value here with me. If this podcast episode was helpful to you, I'd love for you to hit subscribe and leave me a review. My goal is to help you go from feeling stuck to set free. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook, and you can check out WhenTearsLeaveScars.com for more resources and information help you with your own emotional abuse recovery. Until next time, here's to believing in